Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to today's LinkedIn Live event where we're going to be talking about how to reduce burnout. And I want to give you some practical strategies that will actually help you to either avoid burnout if you are headed that way. And if you're already burned out, maybe give you some strategies and tips to help with that. For those of you that are new to these lives, usually I have slides, but I thought that today we would just take a moment to kind of just chill, have a conversation, and not really be all clinical and practical about the slides, um, because I think that this is just something I want to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with you about, because I know that if you're not struggling with feeling burned out, then you probably know somebody that is if you have looked at the research recently, a number of healthcare providers, a number of healthcare leaders are leaving their profession due to the burnout that we are currently experiencing in our field in healthcare. So again, you're in the right place if you wanna learn more about reducing burnout and you wanna know some strategies, probably strategies that you haven't heard before on how to reduce um, burnout. For those of you that do not know me, my name is Yashika Lind. I'm the founder and CEO of the Lind Group. We do two things here at the Lind Group, primarily two things. Number one, we're passionate about high performance leadership, which is different than the traditional avenues that you've probably, probably been trained in as a leader. High performance leadership is about learning what it means to lead from the inside out, through your energy, through your presence, through how you do the things that you do in order to influence people to get beside you when it comes to a mission or a vision. And this doesn't have to do with your or professional life. It also has to do with your personal life. Um, high performance leadership is about always showing up and being able to perform at your optimal because you have tapped into strategies and psychology and science and tools that help you to do so. And you're able to do this without the burnout, without compromising your well-being. And you're also able to do this in a more sustainable way. So we teach individuals how to do this. We teach corporations and teams how to do this. And then secondarily, because we are experts in what we do when it comes to leadership, we will from time to time be called into organizations to help them optimize their operational strategies, you know, reduce costs, reduce waste, use your resources more wisely, all the things. So that is what we do for those of you that are new here today. And primarily because I myself am trained as the RN and then um, members of my team have a background in either public health, that type of thing. We know healthcare inside and out and healthcare is near and dear to my heart because I do believe that if we teach us leaders, how to perform in this high performance way that I'm passionate about and that I share with you, then you impact the people that you lead. The people that you lead impact the patients and the outcomes that happen. Those impact the community. A healthy community impacts the world. Do you see where I'm going? This whole thing about you being able to make a large impact, probably what you became a leader to do, becomes a reality because you're learning how to be the best leader that you can by this new framework of leadership. So 
Secondarily, if you've never attended my talks, if I don't have slides, then I have notes. It's not about perfection here. It's about making sure you get the information that you truly need in order to be successful. So I got a lot of notes here. I'm going to get started because I like to make sure this fits into what would be considered your lunch break if you're able to take a lunch at all. Um, before we dive into the strategies around reducing burnout, I just wanted to share with you that the reason why I picked this topic was because um, being in the industry, being a leader for a very long time, and specifically being a mentor to leaders for a very long time, what I would notice, especially when I first started my career in leadership in nursing operations in the mentoring role, I would go around to um, the clinics and hospitals in my region, and I would find that managers were struggling. And I was there to support them more on the operational side. But what I found was that I ended up being more of a friend, a confidant, and a counselor. Because number one, a lot of you probably have been thrown into your role expecting, be, having that expectation on you to be successful without really getting the tools that you need to be successful. It's almost like in healthcare, we think that because we have the clinical knowledge and expertise in the previous roles that we did, that we automatically have the tools that we need to be successful as a leader as we move up. And that's not always true. And so I would go into these organizations, checking in with these leaders, and they would be in tears. They would be stressed out. They would be burned out. They would be on the brink of quitting and on the brink of giving up. Um, and it was primarily because of the tools that I teach you here in this audience, the tools that I teach you in the community that I've built here in leading in healthcare, they were lacking. You didn't have the support you needed. You didn't feel heard. You didn't feel like you had what you needed to be successful. And a lot of it was not the time management and the organizations. And let me tell you how to do your job better. It was wait, I need to be able to show up as a human and be able to take on all this stress and this chaos and these changes and a lot of things that I don't have a say-so in and be able to lead these effectively. But I feel like I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I'm drowning in all the things and I couldn't get it because, you know, me coming from coming into that role from the military and as a nurse in a wartime setting and always being in combat and critical situations, there weren't a lot of tears, but we also were equipped with the support and the tools that I noticed that as much as people besmirched the military, and yes, it has its own issues, it had the infrastructure, at least in my experiences, to support the readiness and wellness and resilience for us to be able to perform optimally day in and day out. So I was like, I got to share this stuff with you guys, because there's no reason you shouldn't be able to take these high performance tools and implement them into your job as leaders in healthcare. So that's what I wanted to say. This is what inspired me to talk to you about this today. So over the next few minutes, we're going to dive into some strategies that are actually going to help you reduce burnout or avoid burnout and achieve a better work-life balance. And there's a lot of different topics that I want to touch on self-care, like real self-care and not this fake self-care movement that's going around, um, boundary setting, stress management, all the things. So if you've never attended 
a LinkedIn Live or a Mindset Monday that I do for the Leading in Healthcare podcast, then you're going to be in for a treat because the way that I teach things is scientifically based, psychology based, and it's probably a lot different than the things that you have heard in the past. And so you probably are going to learn, I know you're going to learn uh, valuable information to help you to move forward. So without further ado, um, if you have questions, post them and I will get to them. I usually do a Q&A at the end. So don't be afraid to post any questions you may have. Secondarily, every time I talk, for some reason, my nose gets itchy. I don't know why. So just ignore that part. So anyway, let's dive into some of the strategies. And the first strategy that I want to share with you today is on self-care. There's this huge movement around self-care, right? And you probably have heard about self-care in your workplace. You've probably heard about it on social media. What I don't like about the way self-care is currently being promoted is as this superficial thing that's going to take all your problems away. And you know, and I know that if you go home and you um, draw a bath and you get a glass of wine and you um, take a moment to relax, yes, that's going to make you feel good. And yes, that's going to help you. It's going to contribute to your well-being. But for a lot of you that have already been to the point of stress, overwhelm, disengagement, feeling like you don't have energy, all of those things are going to be these temporary fixes to a bigger, larger problem. And so I want to talk to you about what I believe to be real self-care and how you can learn to incorporate it into your life. Um, you're constantly in healthcare, giving your all to other people. We give our all to other people as healers. We give our all to other people as leaders. And what we forget to do is really take the time to give our all to ourselves so that we can replenish the energy that we keep outpouring without, you know, we all, the cliche, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I want you to understand that because self-care may have been dumbed down to massages and glasses of wine and uh, drawing a bath and all those things that you may think that self-care is a luxury when it isn't a luxury. In fact, you can't afford to not pour into yourself when it comes to self-care if you particularly are invested in your mental, emotional well-being. There are techniques that I want you to incorporate that go deeper though, because a lot of the time when you are um, experiencing burnout, the burnout is not the, the work that you're doing is a, it's like one more stressor. It's usually when you get to the heart of the matter and what's going on deeper in your internal psychology, the work that you're doing is not usually the sole cause of the burnout. So the first thing that I want you to understand when it comes to self-care is going beyond the surface and getting into a practice of mindfulness, which involves you learning how to take moments to yourself where you are fully present in the moment and not fully present in the moment watching TV and having a glass of wine and taking a bath. The fully present in the moment doesn't have to be any of those things. It's not about the things that you are externally doing. It's about the practice that you're doing when you draw in internally to learn how to focus more on your thoughts, your feelings, and your sensations that are going on within you without judgment. Mindfulness is about you connecting to the self that you lose when you give to your job, when you give to your family, when you give to the people that you lead so much 
that you often forget to stay connected to who you are. And the benefits of you starting to incorporate mindfulness into your life is that not only are you getting to know yourself and really getting in touch with the deeper meaning and the deeper cause behind what it is that you're feeling and thinking and the sensations that you're feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, you also start to become more aware of the triggers that are stressing you out. And through that mindfulness, we have this connection to get these inspirational insights or these aha moments that can actually start to help you understand how to respond to them more effectively. A lot of times we haven't been taught to do this. And so when we have these issues, we try to solve the problem by going externally to try to find answers or by changing things externally to try to find the answers to the cause or the solution. When in fact, we have this amazing tool that is available to us, internal to us, and it's an internal guiding system. And when you really learn how to tap into it, you'll find that the answers that you need, the um, awareness around you and who you are and your feeling and your being, all of those will help you to navigate life much easier. And that in turn is less stressful. We all know exercise is another self-care tool is very powerful. Um, the first thing to go usually when we are feeling stressed out and burned out is saying that we don't have the time or energy to exercise, but you have to recognize that energy and motion stays in motion. So while you may have to push past the level of inertia. I'm not telling you to burn yourself out, but there is some sort of a form of physical movement that you can create in your day-to-day -day life to help you generate the energy that you need when you're feeling burned out, when you're feeling like your mood is down, when you're feeling like you don't have the energy levels or when you're feeling stressed out. We all know exercise is important. Um, hand in hand with exercise, another self-care tool, nutrition. We all know that. But again, when we're feeling tired, when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling depleted, we tend not to do the things that are actually going to make us feel better. And then we get ourselves in these, this vicious cycle of burnout, 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 physical problems, emotional problems, um, mental problems. And then by that time, it's hard to reel it back in. So I want you to Get back to the basics when it comes to self-care as far as the sleep, the nutrition. Another one, sleep, um, sleep deprivation or sleep interruptions or too much sleep. You know, it, you're going to have to figure out what this means for you. But having the adequate sleep that you need to show up and perform optimally is going to be very important to you because whether you know it or not, if you didn't watch the last LinkedIn Live we did on the science of decision making, then you're missing out on a whole bunch of science about how your mind can be um, crucially it can your your ability to be cognitively available to your job to your professional life to your personal life can be severely depleted when you are under a lot of stress and so sleep deprivation doesn't help it messes with your immune system with that cognitive function we talked about in the last live and all of the things so of course you're going to have to make room for sleep and i know you hear me saying these things and you hear me and you probably think it's easy for me to speak with you about 
getting back to basics, but then also incorporating that mindfulness because you already have these immense challenges that you're having to deal with and face on the day to day. And you already probably feel depleted and overwhelmed. But I want you to recognize that if you don't prioritize these things, you're not going to be effective in your job. You're not going to be effective to the things that you care about outside of your job. And you damn for sure are not going to be able to be able to sustain that type of performance for a very long time. And as we get into some of these deeper things that I want to share with you today, what you're going to understand is you can leave your job, you can walk away from your job, but the underlying issues that have contributed to the point that you may be right now with the burnout, with the stress, with the overwhelm, they're going to follow you. And so if they follow you and you're in a field that is still chaotic, demanding, ever-changing, and you haven't really started to do the work that I'm sharing with you today, then you're just going to be running from yourself and finding that the solutions to the problem don't get better. So if you don't notice patterns in your professional life, I want you to think about going deeper. What about your personal life? Are you noticing these cycles and these patterns that no matter what you try to do or how you try to solve them externally, they continue to take you in a roundabout on a hamster wheel with no way out? This is going to help you. So <clears throat> another approach that I wanted to share with you was around... Uh, boundary setting. So let's talk a little bit about boundary setting and why that may be important for you if you want to reduce burnout. It, it's something that we rarely touch on, but I notice that most of the people that I encounter and I have to help through burnout have an issue with boundary setting in some form. Now, I'm not saying that we all have these things that are put on our plate and we have no say so over if we can set a boundary around it or not. I'm not saying that in, there are certain instances in our career where we have to do that. But what I'm saying is there's still a boundary setting problem. So I want to share with you information that I share with my clients, information that I live by to see if these strategies will help you around boundary setting. There's a lot of people that struggle with setting healthy boundaries. These boundary settings could even be are setting the problem setting boundaries could be not even in your professional life. You may have boundary setting issues in your personal life where you sacrifice your standards and your values and are a doormat or whatever it is in some area of your personal life. And you think that that doesn't have anything to do with you showing up at work and doing your job, but it does because it's depleting and it takes a toll on your well-being. When you take a toll on your well-being, your cognitive function, your performance, your prefrontal cortex, all that stuff gets um, compromised in a bad way. And so therefore, you're not showing up as the leader that you want to be. You're not able to be as resilient as you could be. So yes, boundary setting is important for you. And boundary setting, when it's usually taught traditionally, it's about time management and organization and all the things that I'm telling you, this boundary setting goes deeper. And I feel like one of the things that I think is a huge problem that you can wrap your head around however you want, but I would love for you to consider this is the challenge that leaders have when they put this pressure upon themselves to be constantly available and constantly accommodating. 
that is a lack of boundaries. You may feel this need to be accessible around the clock. You may feel this need to have this totally open door policy that has no regard for what it is that you have to do to make your team successful. And so you are always at the mercy or the prisoner of someone else's urgency and someone else's time, where if you start to think about how that can impact your well-being and your sense of balance in your workday, you can see how that could be a little bit depreciating, a lot depreciating to be accessible and around the clock and say yes all the time. That's a recipe for overwhelm and depletion. So it's important for you to recognize that if you are a person that does not have clear boundaries in your personal life and your professional life, then you are compromising your well-being. And so one of the ways you can learn how to set boundaries, let's say you're in the workplace and there's a lot on your plate, um, delegation is a tool. You need to learn how to use delegation as a tool. I spoke about this in various Mindset Monday podcast. So I'm not going to spend too much time on delegating, but not only is delegating helping you free up time and reducing your burden so that you can have the energy and focus and attention that you need to be able to pour into your team, the people that you lead, the causes you believe in. You have to understand that delegation is also a form and a tool for empowering certain people within the people that you lead to be able to step up into new and different roles and help them grow in their career and on their path. So setting, um, so delegating effectively is one of the things that can help you with boundary setting. Number two is learning how to say no. It's okay to say no. (laughs) Or again, I don't, I'm a leader that doesn't agree with this open door policy. If I'm supposed to do what I need to do to make this team run effectively, I can't have my door open all the times. But what you can do is learn to set limits on what it is that you are and are not available for, or maybe in that instance. So for me, if my door is open, that means you can come in and I can be accommodating and available and accessible to you. And when that happens, I'm there and I'm present with you and I want to help you with whatever it is that you need. But when my door is closed, I'm busy and it's and I'm busy. I'm really busy. I'm getting stuff done. And my team knows that I'm getting stuff done by the results that they see, by how I go to bat for them, all of the things. So for me, that is a way that I can put a realistic boundary on how I am available to my team. So learn how to say no if you're somebody that just has a problem saying no, which is a deeper symptom of why is it that you feel like you can't say no? What is the fear around saying no? Is the world going to fall apart when you say no? And there's always, if you ask yourself why you feel like that is true, there's always this deeper, more psychological thing that you need to tap into around always having to say yes. But if you just need a little bit of tightening up around your boundaries, then maybe for you, it's around the setting limits on what you can realistically take on and communicating, not in a subjective way. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm drowning in a very objective, clear way. State why you are feeling the way that you are or why you can't 
realistically take on some of the things that have been put on your plate and offer solutions on what can work instead. I've never had anybody dis- feel like I was being disrespectful or feel like I was less than by communicating in an objective way why I was putting these limits on what I could take on. In fact, people tend to respect you more. It's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of incompetence. It's a sign of you being wanting to do your best and most quality work in whatever it is that you're doing. And um, people respect that because you do put out good work and quality work, but at the same time, recognizing that there may have to be some adjustments and reorganizations and reprioritization that needs to take place in order for you to be successful. Another important boundary that I um, want to share with you, an aspect of boundary setting is around work-life boundaries. Um, so what some of us have this issue where we think that the things that are the mess that's going on in our psychology and our personal life doesn't bleed into our professional life, but it does. So you can't always say my job is burning me out when your personal life is not on point. But then for some of us, because of the lack of resources and all the things we already have these long hours that we have to work. And then in addition to these long hours and the stress and this chaos that comes with just inherently being a leader, you let that spill over into your personal life. So just like your personal life can bleed into your professional life and cause havoc, your professional life can bleed into your personal life and cause havoc. And it's important for you to, again, define and communicate your boundaries with respect to work-life boundaries. And so this may involve, hey, (laughs) these are the designated hours that I'm available unless it's an emergency and communicating what a true emergency is versus what someone else's urgency or importance is. Um, I remember one time I was in a leadership position. I was an administrator and um, someone called me at three o'clock in the morning because the work was slow and I happened to be the leader on call at that time. And so they were wanted to ask me, could they go home? That's not an emergency. And that's not something that even though I'm frustrated about it, that I'm not going to communicate with you that you've now interrupted my wellness and my health in order to ask me a question that wasn't an emergency. And so we had to have a long talk about what was appropriate for communication, for calling me after hours, all the things. And did that person not respect me? Did that person act like or feel like I wasn't available or an accommodating? No, but I had to communicate clear and healthy expectations around once I left work, what I was available for. And so for some of you that, again, let this open door policy bleed into your personal life, then you're going to have to learn how to communicate and define what your boundaries are with respect to your work and your personal life, not just in your head, not just to the people in your personal life, but you also need to communicate maybe to your team what that will look like for them if they need you during what could be considered personal time. Okay, let's see. Let's get into some stress management. (laughs) Um, Stress management, like I said, it um, goes into that self-care piece. I did a talk at uh, the ARIN conference on little known ways to reduce stress. And 
a lot of people think that stress is managing it by pushing through it, by doing these little band-aid self-care um, forms of uh, band-aid solutions or by just trying to get through it. But what you really are doing is insidiously eroding your health, your mental well-being, your well-being holistically. So you have to understand that, again, taking time to manage your stress is actually a vital investment. It's an investment in your longevity in all areas of your life. With the long hours, with the demanding responsibilities, with the challenging situations and putting others first, again, as I mentioned previously, we have this habit of neglecting our own needs and it has serious consequences to the point where you already know if you are thinking about making an exodus and you've seen your coworkers make an exodus, you walk away from the thing that not only may have at one time been your livelihood where you wanted to make a difference in this world, but it also impacts all the hard work that you put in to get where you are or all the hard work that you have put in to put food on your table or create some sort of a life for your family or to do the things that you care about. So again, practicing stress management from a physical, mental, and emotional health point of view is very integral. I talked about mindfulness to me being one of the number one things that you can start to incorporate as the mindfulness starts to raise your level of self-awareness and through your level of self-awareness, you start to raise your level of emotional intelligence. Through your level of emotional intelligence, you start to identify triggers and through identifying triggers, you start to find solutions that are unique and individual to you in order to deal with the things that you're dealing with in a more practical and tailored way. That's what I help my clients do. That's what I do in my own life. So when you are thinking about what you do to incorporate self-care in your life and thinking about stress management in your life and thinking about all the stuff, I want you to really ask yourself, are you truly making the time for mindfulness, exercise, nutrition, and adequate sleep? Because if you're not doing those, I would say four things, then you can't expect to be a high performer in a career such as healthcare and not incorporate the things that are going to allow you to have the energy to do so. That's like expecting to be an elite athlete without going to practice, without working out without resting, like you, they go hand in hand, but for some reason we think we could get up day in and day out and take on this stress without conditioning our mind, our body, and our soul in a way that allows us to handle the stress. All right. Next thing I wanted to talk about that's going to help you to reduce burnout and remember to put your comments, questions in the, um, comment box and I'll look at them in Q&A section, is time management. Effective time management is also going to be a great tool for you to reduce burnout. And it's not about having a list of endless things to do and then checking off that to-do list, but it's really about, again, incorporating everything that I'm teaching right now, having that time management around work and your personal life. 
having that time management when it comes to what you truly have capacity for so that you are not overcommitting yourself. Um, and understanding that, again, if you think that the reason why you're burned out is because you have all these things to do and you don't have enough time, then there could be a deeper issue, a deeper underlying issue that you're probably missing and you need to address. So I'm going to try to give you a little piece of what that could be so you could do some reflection on that and, and try to figure this out on your own. But again, sometimes you may need a little bit of help and coaching to get through to these deeper root causes because sometimes they've been going on for so long in your life, in your psychology, in your subconscious that you may be unaware of what it is that's stopping you from being able to perform at your best. We have multiple responsibilities. We have competing priorities. That's what leadership is all about. And there may never be enough hours in the day, especially as we start to face these shortages and lack of resources and have to tighten up because of things starting to cost more and regulations that are coming down the pike that we don't have a lot of control over. And I do believe that time management is an important task that you should learn to master in relation to whatever time management system works best for you so that you can manage your workload more effectively. But the underlying issues that could be contributing to your poor time management can be perfectionism. Maybe you have a problem with perfectionism. Maybe you have a problem with, again, that difficulty saying no. Maybe you have a problem with the lack of delegation and understanding how to truly leverage delegation in a way that you don't feel like you are uncomfortably asking people to put more on your plate. You know how to effectively delegate to where the person that you're delegating to gets an ability or an opportunity to step into a role that's more empowered and you then free up space and time for you to be able to do something more meaningful and rewarding for your team. Maybe you have this fear of failure. Fear, fear of failure is a big one. You judge yourself by this ideal version of yourself and it's a flawed vision of who it is that you think you should be. So anything less than that is a fear of failure. And so you end up having these poor boundaries around your time. And again, poor work-life boundaries. A lot of times, a lot of times, especially when things aren't in your control, I see a lot of time spent conversing and commiserating and ranting about an issue that you know that you may not have control over changing when that could be time that you could be sp spending doing the things that you really need to do. So there's a lot of things that tie into time management. Oftentimes when I'm teaching or coaching around time management, usually people have more than enough time to get much more done in their day by working more effectively and more efficiently. But they usually have these deeper issues that um, allow them to go through their day without effectively managing their time, which again, contributes to burnout in the long run. So if you do have a specific time management problem, I share my time management technique in the Leading in Healthcare podcast, uh, probably maybe last year sometimes. So you can go check out the podcast for that episode. We all know time blocking is a very good one. I recently did a uh, 
leading in healthcare episode on focus. Focus is going to help you. If you can learn to tap into focus or alpha state or what else do they call it now? There, there's buzzwords for it. But if you can learn to tap into a specific type of work, way of working where your brain waves are in a certain state, you are able to work much more effective and efficiently thereby saving time, but doing better quality work. And so that's something that you may want to look into. And again, I talked about that in previous podcast um, episodes. However, again, if you think that the reason that you're burned out is because you don't have enough time, I want you to think about really go deep and see if you have some of the underlying issues that I mentioned that may be the real contributors behind you thinking that you don't have enough time. So do you have these deeper issues around struggling with perfectionism, thinking that you're the only one that could do the job, having difficulty saying no, lack of delegation and all of that? Let's see. I have so much here. We might have to do a part two. We might we might do a part two. I'm going to go for maybe about 10 more minutes so I have time to answer questions if there's any. And uh, then we'll do a part two because I still have some cool stuff to share with you. Yeah, I have a lot because <laughs> there's so much. I'm so passionate about this topic because, again, I think that the problem with the way that we do a lot of things nowadays with leadership development and training and training about burnout is so, so surface level. And so you go to these talks and people are giving you the same information about what you can do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I tried that or I already know that. And so nothing ever changes. And so I think that the biggest takeaway that I want to leave you with is more around Thinking of yourself as an athlete going into a very stressful environment day after day after day. If you don't practice, if you don't create the mind, body, and soul to be able to perform at that level, then you're not going to be able to perform at that level. And I don't know if anybody's ever shared it with you like that before, but it's true. And if you want to continue to be in a career where the trends that we're up against are not going to change. In that conference talk that I did, the trends that we, the things that we're dealing with now are only going to continue to compound. And so how can you really start to look at yourself as a person that is able to perform at peak in these highly stressful, highly dynamic situations? And it's not for you to just try to show up and do what it is that you can do. It's about learning how to look at yourself as somebody that needs to be optimized to be able to perform at a sustained level, much like an athlete in the arena that you have to work in and in the arena, your personal life that you have to also play in. All right. So we'll go over work-life integration. I'll ask look for questions and then I'll give you some information on how you can get deeper help if that's something that you are interested in and then we will just have to do a part two for this. So the last thing I want to talk about is work-life balance and again it's not about managing your time and managing your tasks so that you have time for work and you have time for play because that is surface level. However there is 
something to be said for learning how to do it the right way because it has significant long-term implications to your mind, your body, your soul, if you don't learn how to create more balance in your life. And I want you to understand the holistic impact that work-life balance has on you and how it can affect your well-being. So on a mental level, if you don't address the underlying causes that I'm speaking about, and you're constantly overwhelmed with work and you're neglecting your personal life and yourself, you lead, you start to cycle in this, you start a cycle, not start to cycle. You probably start to cycle too because you go crazy. But you start to enter this cycle of increased stress, increased anxiety, and that can compound to bigger, more longer lasting psychological issues such as depression. It also impacts our ability to do our job. You have no idea as an expert when companies bring me in because they think they have a problem leader, how much of that problem leader, number one, is a deeper issue because they're unhappy and unfulfilled where they are, but they feel like they have to stay for one reason or another. And they're not honoring that call to grow and to move and to be in a space where they feel more aligned with what it is that they're doing with more purpose. So that's number one. But then number two, by the time I get to them, they usually have been overwhelmed, neglected themselves, neglected their personal life, neglected their health to the point where they're disengaged. They're cognitively not able to perform their job well, even though they know they're very capable leaders. They just, because of the prefrontal cortex and all the things, no matter what they do, is out of their hands now. And so their performance and their productivity suffer and they're on these performance improvement plans and all the things. So if this is you, you need to understand that all of the things that you may be experiencing as a deterioration in your performance, in your career, may be because of the, the things, the deeper level things that I'm teaching you here in this conversation. And so if you don't want your cognitive abilities to be affected, your decision-making skills to be impacted, your creativity to be negatively impacted, you're going to have to learn more about creating more balance in your life. And not only that, when you start to erode this mental performance, it also have, makes you feel like you are less fulfilled, you have less joy, you have less of a sense of purpose. And not only in your professional life, it also bleeds into your personal life. So then this depression, this disengagement, this lack of cognitive ability or um, ability to be present with the things that do matter to you, uh, you know, when you leave work, also are negatively impacted. It can affect your relationships negatively, all the things. Okay. So then on the physical level, neglecting your self-care, of course, exhaustion, fatigue, physical health issues. So not only are you not able to perform your job, you start to get depressed. You start to have increased anxiety, your performance and your productivity decrease, the physical level with the exhaustion and fatigue, and then eventually physical issues. You just think about it, you're breaking down. And again, you're going to think the, the solution is to walk away. And for some of you, it will be to walk away. But the real 
question that I want, the, re, the reframing that I want you to take on when you are approaching burnout is how do I learn how to prepare myself from the inside out in order to be able to deal with some of the things that I need to deal with in my career so that my immune system is not impacted negatively. My cardiovascular system is not impacted negatively. And overall, I feel like I'm crushing it in my physical well-being, right? And so then on a soul level, because this is where it really all stems from, and we can talk, we can talk about this for hours in general. On a soul level, work-life imbalance can impact your sense of identity, your sense of purpose, your sense of fulfillment. When work and the energy from work starts to take a precedence over the other areas of your life, what it does is it creates a disconnect with your values, your passions, and your relationships. Now, this goes even deeper because for some of us, we just take a job and we progress in our career and we don't even know what our values, our passion, our purpose, and our relationships, what they mean to us and what they are. But for a lot of us, we get lost in it. We get lost in the busyness. We get lost in the day-to-day and we no longer are connected to values, purpose, any of those things. And when you don't have that connection to yourself, to your values, to your purpose, to fulfillment, to passions, other than you just going to work and pouring into work, you start to feel empty. You start to feel empty. You start to feel like you're unfulfilled. You start to feel like you've lost your sense of self. And for, if I could say anything about burnout in general, I think that this is the number one cause of it. Well, the number one cause is the lack of awareness that you are in a highly dynamic and stressful field, but you haven't understood that you have to prepare to be in a field such as healthcare. We just think we could show up with our mind and and just show up and crush it. No, you have to be prepared. You have to be the person that does the job in a certain way so it doesn't impact you. But the second thing that I notice time and time again is for the most part, you don't know what your values are. You don't know what lights you up. You don't know what your purpose is. You don't know what your passion is. You're not evolving and growing and taking risks and doing the things deep inside of your heart that you know you want to do. And because of that, you have this emptiness, this loneliness, this disconnection from yourself, this neglect of yourself. And over time, it leads to regrets. It leads to stagnancy. It leads to unhappiness. And it leads to feeling imbalanced. And so I think that that's the number two thing that I think. And so it's essential to recognize that if this is you, this is not about a short-term fix. This is about doing some deep work and an approach that's going to encompass all aspects of who you are, mind, body, and soul from the inside out. And it's about prioritizing a lot of the things that I spoke of on this live today and being able to know how you could take the proactive steps, step-by-step to start to pull yourself out of this by preventing the things that are causing your mental health, your physical health, and your soul level health to deteriorate and learn how to tap into the things inside of you that are going to allow you to show up 
for work with the energy you need and have it be more fulfilling and more purposeful, but also be able to show up that way in your personal life. So I hope that you have learned a different perspective on burnout. Burnout is not just about work piling stuff on your plate and you feeling tired because the truth of the matter is when you look at the research, even though there are a lot of people that are leaving healthcare because they feel burned out. If you looked at the same people in the same situations or similar situations or even worse or better, there are about 40% of people, 50, let's just say half and half there, half the people cannot cope with the things that are, we are going through and there are 50% that are doing it well and doing it in a way that does not negatively impact the integrity of their mind, their body, and their soul. And so there's something that we can learn from that. And one of the things that we can learn is that it's probably not always the work that's burning us out. It's the trauma, the unresolved trauma. It's the way that we see ourselves. It's the perfectionism. It's the inability to say no. It's our lack of boundaries. It's our internal psychologies. It's our self-respect and all the things that we need to probably examine on a deeper level in order to then be able to optimally deal with or avoid the burnout. Um, let me see. We're going to start Q&A. So let me just go ahead and um, I want to share something with you after the Q&A. So if you need more help with this topic or anything that you think that I mentioned that you want to know deeper about, just stay on the, the stay on the line. <laughs> All right. Let me see if there's any questions. I have to look on my phone sometimes for that because I'm using like you have to use a third party streamer. And so let's see. All right. I do not see any questions. So. Most of you watch the replay because like we say, you're busy, you have a lot on your plate. Um, so if you do have any questions, just pop them in the comment box and I will come back and I will answer the questions or any comments or any um, things you want me to elaborate on. We're going to do a part two because I have a few more things that I want to share with you around this topic. And they actually, if you thought that you got some aha moments from what I just taught you, then the second part of this discussion goes even deeper. So I know that you're committed. I know that you probably don't want to walk away from your job. I know that's probably the last thing that you want to do. I know that you want to show up and I know that you want to give your best, but either you haven't been taught the things that I'm teaching you here today, or you, you know, sometimes our organizations, they're not supporting us, but that's okay. You can still work around this. You just need some of the tools that you need to be able to show up and perform even though maybe a team, like you could be the LeBron, even though the rest of your team might suck. <laughs> we could get you there. Um, so if you are thinking about this and you notice that, yes, I've shared with you some information, but you are recognizing through what I shared around those deeper causes that you have these deeper challenges that you want to work out, then you may need help. And I want to encourage you to stop trying to do things on your own and learn how to get the help that you need because you may need help from somebody like me, a coach, specifically a high performance coach that's going to really help give you the tools that you need 
to face this immense pressure and stress and the burdens that you face on the day-to-day, not just from your job, but also maybe from your professional life. And it's okay for you to acknowledge that you may need help beyond what you know, beyond what you've tried, beyond the tools that your organization may give you, and be willing to recognize that you deserve to thrive in all areas of your life. And it is possible to thrive in all areas of your life without the only answer being that you have to walk away from your job. And so as a coach, what I offer you is the safe space to explore these deeper issues that I spoke about and your inner psychology, your inner landscape, so that you are able to uncover these deeper belief patterns or these deeper things that are holding you back from moving forward in a more optimal way while maintaining your well-being. And not only that, helping you to learn more healthy coping mechanisms and helping you learn resilience. And most of all, what I'm most passionate about when I talk about every Monday on the podcast is helping you learn personal mastery, because I strongly believe that high performance and personal mastery go hand in hand for you to be able to experience the best quality in your life in all areas of your life. You can have it all. You just have to learn how to understand that investing in your well-being, investing in yourself is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of you understanding that what you know and the level of awareness and the tools that you have are not effective for you. And so it's time to maybe do something more courageous for yourself and more and help you to do something that is more self-empowering and that more courageous and self-empowering thing to do when you feel stuck, when you feel on the brink of giving up, when you feel disengaged, when you feel like you're not able to perform at your best, when you feel exhausted, when you feel depleted, is to understand that you just may need help aligning with the life that you deserve where you are performing at your highest potential, you are experiencing life at your fullest potential, and you are doing it with your well-being intact. (laughs) So can you tell I love this topic? So if you want to learn more about taking the first steps towards your transformation, then I want you to get in touch with me We can embark on self-discovery and personal growth together. I can help you get to where you should be, to where you're not just surviving, you're actually thriving in all areas of your life. So if you would love to work with me as your coach to create the life that you want, I'm going to leave some information for you. Let's put it here on the screen. You can go to bit.ly forward slash strategy appointment and schedule some time for us to talk. This is not time for me to try to sell you something. This is me talking to you to see if indeed you are in a position where you have tried all it is that you've tried, or maybe you feel like you just want some help and you're tired of doing things the way that you know to do them and you want to learn how to move forward personally and professionally more effectively, or if you are at a certain level in your leadership and you want these tools for your team, then reach out to me by scheduling some time on my books. And um, we will go ahead and end this live. We'll do part two 
maybe in a couple of weeks, let this all sink in. You may need to come back, take notes, re-watch re, re it or wherever you're consuming this because it is some really deep information. And I really want to give yourself, you to give yourself time to actually let this sink in because it's very powerful information if you don't close your mind off to the fact that you already know what I'm about to, what I've taught you and you actually sit and do that mindfulness practice around this new information. All right. So take care. I'll talk to you later. And again, if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. We can get started pretty soon here because I have some spots available. All right. Take care. Bye.